For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Duncan had it. They turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Welcome back to the Wolf Among Wolves podcast, part of the Wolf Among Wolves podcast network on awolfamongwolves.com. I am your host, Brendan Hedke. Fortunately, I was not able to convince Tim to keep the podcast, so it's back under my name. I am back hosting, and today I am joined by the most optimistic person on Wolves Twitter, <laughs> Kyle Tige, uh, edit- is editor-in-chief of Canis Hoopas. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for Perfect. having me on, dude. I, I'm glad that someone recognizes my optimism. Um, I'm excited, but I'm also, I'm almost too excited now and I'm starting to get worried about being let down. So I'm excited to get on here. Thanks. I love this pod. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Um, yeah. So basically I needed to get Kyle on because I personally refer to myself as a realistic optimist. Um, I'm pretty optimistic, (laughs) but I also like to keep it somewhat realistic. And Kyle's just literally the most optimistic person I've seen on Wolves Twitter. And just one of the nicest people I've like interacted with on Twitter in general. Um, so I just had to get him on for this Wolves season because this is probably, I would say probably the most optimistic I've been for a Wolves season. Maybe the Jimmy year, just like that initial excitement. Um, and I'm not saying this like season's going to be win-wise as good as the Jimmy year, but I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, so I had to get Kyle on to talk about some optimism um, here just, what is it, three days from preseason yep. basketball. So yep. It's exciting. But yeah, um, I was I was going to say too just to comment on your first thing like it's tough to weigh this season specifically versus the Jimmy season. Um that Jimmy season had no pandemic. It had, you know, so fans were going to show up to the arena. It had the whole Mall of America thing where Jimmy mm-hmm. was, you know, giving out his number and stuff. Yep. And he was a superstar. Um yeah. so he might edge out as much as I and you and everyone else listening loves Rubio. Um, he might edge out that, you know, that buildup was like, because that was a 50-win projection team. Right, right. That's not what this team is um, yet, I, hopefully. But uh, right. so that might have still been a little more excited there. But maybe the reason you can argue for this season is because 
we've already been so hurt and we had this bad breakup with Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau that we're like, nothing can hurt us now. Let's just watch Anthony Edwards dunk and Ricky Rubio run around. Right. And so I'm with you. I think I think the Jimmy season was a little more cool because it was that team was going to win games, but this team is going to win win our hearts over. So. Oh yeah, yeah. This this season's gonna be one for the ages. I think um, we've endured all the pain. I think that we're just kind of numb to it now. And even it's sad <laughs> that I have to say that I'm only 21 years old, but I've endured the 2009 Vikings NFC Championship game, 2017's NFC Championship game, the whole uh, Jimmy everything, the Twins sucking every year. Um, the lo- the loons the other night. I don't want to yes. talk about that right now. No, Still no, fresh in my mind. Let's mention it quick. That was the first soccer game I've ever watched. We're up to zero. <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking to David Naylor in Twitter and on Twitter and everything. I'm like, what's going on? Like, we we might win this. Soccer's thing. easy, then, right? Like, look yeah. At this. Like, and I, see, I never watched soccer because I uh, my attention pan my <laughs> attention span is kind of short. Yeah. So not enough scoring for me. Yeah. Um, but it was fun to watch, and I mean, I was like, "Why?" Like before the game, I tweeted out, "Why am I so excited for a soccer game? I've never watched soccer before, um, outside of like one like junior high school game or something." But yeah, no, I'm just saying we've endured a lot of heartbreak, and yep. I don't think there's too big of expectations for this season. So I feel like nothing can hurt us, but a lot could potentially make us happy if things like start going in the right direction. Um, but I wanted to start out what. What are you most excited for this year? Is it Anthony Edwards? Is it Rubio being back? What is it personally for you? I think it's legitimately just seeing them play basketball. Like I, this is the. I, I guess we could fact check this during a like a, a CBA negotiation or when there's a lockout. This has probably been the longest time the Timberwolves haven't played basketball, possibly in my lifetime since they became I, the Timberwolves. I'm, I'm like 99% sure it is. I don't think there's ever, they've ever went nine months without playing. So not only that, so they haven't, uh, they went a full, I mean, they went a full pregnancy without playing right. basketball games. Right. Um, then there's a pandemic and there's all the, you know, very important things that were going on in the world, like social justice and an election and all stuff. But there was nothing to watch. Like there was no Timberwolves games to watch. So you and me and everyone else listening, I watched Wolves Raptors 30 times. Yeah. I know everything that happened in that game from front to back because it was the only game with Carl and D'Angelo Russell playing together. Right. Uh, that's why these two and a half minute B rolls uh, that are coming out every day now from them. training I camp. I I don't care that they're boring. Like if you tweet me that they're boring, you're out of here. Like right. it's just the team doing basketball stuff, and it's awesome. So I just want to see them play. I obviously, as you said, and you built me up. Like I'm very optimistic. I don't. I don't know in 2020 why you'd want to follow a basketball team if you hate them. Like right. there's you can you can literally be the biggest Laker fan living there's in. There's a lot e- of people like that. Like there seems to be Wolves fans that just hate the Wolves. Just hate them. I'm like then leave. You can be a fan of someone else. It's okay. You, you can literally be as close to the Minnesota Timberwolves as you can the Shanghai Sharks. You can follow yep. all the Shanghai Sharks beat writers. You can do watch all the film. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to live my life like that. I right. can say that there are ways that this season could spin that I'm not going to be as rosy. Like, yeah, I don't have the grandest expectations. And now with this whole play-in stuff, um, yeah, like Ryan Saunders finally has ingredients. Like, he's the chef. He should be able to start cooking. Right. If they suck and they're sniffing the 13 seed by 
the quote-unquote all-star break, um, that's bad. Like, I'm not going to be fun to follow on Twitter. Like, right. they should win some games. Um, so I don't think this is your general week-before-preseason uh, hype or buildup. I really think this team is going to surprise some people because they have a bunch of young guys. They have a bunch of fresh legs. They're going to run teams out of the gym some nights, um, you know, barring any COVID setbacks. Uh, right. And I think they're going to blow people away a little bit. I don't think they're going to be the four seed. But, yeah, my general expectations would be if they're not, like, kind of hovering around the eight seed, forget the play-in yeah. game, they should be one of the nine best teams in the West. Yeah, and I think it's not like a – it's not the blind optimism – like right. I don't have yep. blind optimism. I just see what's there and I see the potential of that. And I'm just excited about that. And I'm optimistic that it's going to work out. I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to live this pessimistic fandom life. I'm with you. Where I'm like, it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. The defense is going to suck. I acknowledge the defense is probably going to suck. But my, my how I reverse that is, but the offense is going to be really freaking good. Yep. It's going to be really fun to watch. Regardless if we win games, I want to win games, but the team's going to be the most fun to watch, I think, that we've ever seen. I think there's going to be a ton of ball movement. We're going to have guys coming off screens, Edwards, Beasley, D'Lo, Cat. I mean, we got shooters now. When was the last time you could say for an entire season that the Wolves had people who could shoot the basketball? Like, it's been right. a revelation. Just and, having, I mean, whatever you say about Juancho um, Hernan Gomez, Still, he can shoot the basketball. We've never had a power forward that can shoot the basketball like that. Taj Gibson couldn't shoot. Gorgie Jen couldn't shoot. We got... It's hard to be... I don't know. I can think of just Twitter accounts, and I'm not going to name any that are just like <laughs> pessimistic in my, you know, replying to my tweets. And it's a struggle hey, and, to not respond. And it's, but... and it's, you know what? It's a business. Like, you know, basketball's a business just like anything else. And the people that are pessimistic are on the right side of history because the Wolves have never been good. They've had yeah. – well, they flirted with one good season with Jimmy. They flirted with a couple good seasons back in the – I mean, this is going to date me as you're the young guy here. But like, the, you know, the KG, <laughs> Sprewell, yeah. Cassell days, they, they had some good teams. Um, but and, – and please, whatever you're doing listening to this, just don't take this out of context. But the reason I'm so excited for this is because it – it's, they're not even remotely as talented, but it's kind of like when the Heat formed their team in Miami, when they just signed all these free agents. Because I mean, we're talking about like a, so many new faces. We've never seen Carl Anthony Towns play with Anthony Edwards, who was the first overall pick. We've never right. seen. I mean, we Rubio was one of our favorite players, and he's coming back. They they acquired eight new faces at the deadline, and we've never seen them play with the best player on the team, Carl Anthony Towns. So. In the sense of like building a team, it's like an expansion team. Yeah. I don't know what to expect, but that's why I'm so optimistic. Is because like uh, I, I can't remember who someone at Canis wrote about this. It might have been uh, Mike. I think it was Mike. But like, you know how many years I watched Luke Rittenhauer start at the shooting guard? Like, yeah, right. That was one of their best players. And no offense to Luke Rittenhauer, who got traded to six different teams in like a day. But the Wolves have like we're we're worried about who the 10th man is going to be like. I think you and I think Nas Reed is cool. I yeah. don't know if he's going to play between now and Valentine's mm -hmm. Day. Yeah, like, no, that's, I get that. Like, like that's watched, how crazy this is. I watched freaking Isaiah Kanan yeah. play basketball for the Timber. I watched Jared Bayless yeah. think he's Kobe Bryant on the basketball yep. court. 
Yep. Like, I'm done. Yep. That's over now. You know who can pretend they're Kobe Bryant now? Malik like, Beasley. D'Angelo yeah. Russell. Like, those are the people we get to watch now. We don't have to argue about Wiggins' 22-foot shots or whatever. And that's another reason I'm so excited, too. Like, imagine, no matter how pessimistic or optimistic you are, imagine if this whole summer during a pandemic, Andrew Wiggins was on the roster, and they would have had, like, the seventh pick. So, like, yeah. the people that are always – and, again, these people make a good point. But, like, the Timberwolves don't have a pick next year unless it's, you know, it's top three protected. That does suck. It is the price I would pay every day of the week to just not have that player on the team. I don't yeah. care about that at all. Like, they have new faces, better faces, people that enjoy each other's company. Uh, Carl and D'Angelo were just goofing around today on Instagram. Like, it's oh, going to be a, that. I should watch that later. It's going to be an enjoyable that. team to watch. And, again – let me have fun. Let Brendan have fun right now being optimistic. Yeah. And if they start out 10 and 30, then yeah, it's going to be a lot of ripping them because they have no incentive to lose. They had mm-hmm. no incentive to win last year. They didn't. Yeah. They have no incentive to lose now. They have to win games yep. Um, because they can't give the fourth pick to the Warriors. So it's going to be a good season. I think they're going to ex- kind of express some early optimism and they're going to excite people. And I think in a weird season, that's going to be dominated by COVID having all these bodies and athletic young guys. I think they can just run some teams out of the gym on some nights. Yeah. I think the weird thing too is like, and was it, yeah, Jake just put an article out yesterday. Yep. Yep. Or two, well, two, probably two days ago when people are listening to this, but anyways, Jake painting put out a piece and he like tweeted like, Oh, the wolves have depth. Yep. And it's not like, is it championship depth? No, depth. But no, it's not. But what it is is, if Juancho Hernan Gomez can't play, then you slide in someone else who's not much worse than Juancho Hernan Gomez, and you have somebody coming off the bench that can still fill that role. And the Timberwolves might be a team where if they have a couple guys go down to COVID, they can replace them with guys who have similar talents and abilities. Like, yeah, if he goes, if, I don't know, whoever goes down at the at the four, Wancho or whatever, you can bring in Vanderbilt or Lehman or, hell, Jaden McDaniels. People aren't even talking about Jaden McDaniels. Like, I'm excited about Jaden McDaniels. I don't think he's going to do sh- shit this year. But I think he is, like, a really, really interesting dude with his skill set. I think he's like the perfect person to put next to Cat if everything works out. And people just don't even talk about him. Like, he's probably not going to get minutes this year. But just like, think about Jaden McDaniels learning how to play offense from Carl Anthony Towns and then how to play defense from like Ed Davis, Rondé yep. Hollis Jefferson. Yep. So you get two guys who are strong defenders. And maybe even Vanderbilt can help him too because he's a really versatile event defender. I don't think he's like great, but I think he has the tools to do it and like maybe could mentor McDaniels. And then the offensive cat. Now he's McDaniel's never going to be as good offensively as Cat, but like that's like the semblance of a really really good power forward to play next to Towns. So like I'm excited about things like that. I'm excited about Jarrett Culver and what he brings. I know like. Dane Moore is the biggest pessimist when it comes to Derek Culver, <laughs> and I he's, love he's, Dane. He's he's been he's been right though. I mean, you know, like the yeah, proof is has. in the pudding no, there. No, and I would never fault him for like I can't say oh Dane's dumb for not believing <laughs> no. in Culver, but I wouldn't say that 
I'm dumb for believing that Culver could potentially bring something. And I think Dane acknowledges when Culver does something good. I don't yep. think he's just like pessimistic just for the sake of being pessimistic. I think he's just like really smart about basketball and looks into things. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, he was a rookie last year at the end of the day. He was a slow learner at Texas Tech. Who's to say he can't, he's not just a slow learner in the NBA. And all of a sudden this year, he can be a really serviceable rotation piece. And, and, and then, you know, Dane, Dane was pretty in on early, too, uh, just how weird of a situation Jarrett Culver had in his first year. Right. Because, you know, he was drafted, but in those stupid NBA rules, he or he was drafted and traded, but then he wasn't yeah. allowed to, like, put on his Timberwolves hat. And mm-hmm. then because of the rules, he wasn't allowed to go to Summer League. So he didn't have any of that buildup. And then the Wolves announced his acquisition in, like, August – and then he had a, you know, he just he had a weird first year. It's like, if, you know, we're both college guys. Like I'm yeah. a little older, but you know that <laughs> f- that f- uh, freshman year of college, you were awkward. I was oh, awkward. Yeah. Like you oh, stuck God. out like a sore thumb. So like <laughs> yeah. that transition from truly the the analogy that transition from being the big man on campus and mm-hmm. your senior year of high school to being in the NBA and around some strong personalities of dudes making thirty million, it was tough for him. And I think. I sat in on like the media call the other day with Jared. He just looks like calmer. He also looks huge. Yeah, and I by watched the way. that on I watched that on YouTube, the media availability. I don't yep. know if it was a full thing. It was like six minutes. Maybe that was the full thing. That was it, yep. He just he just seems like he talked more. Like he yep. just was like yep. happy to be here. He knew what was going on. And he does look huge, doesn't he? Dude, his arms are huge. I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't know it's if like he's just weird gonna throw the ball like, at the rim. The but... area between like his shoulders and like his biceps is really small so i don't know if that makes it like look bigger but like yep noticeably bigger and he the might, jump he shot might have looks done, fl- more fluid he, yep he might have done tries like one tricep dip for every free throw he missed last year which would be a ton of tricep dips but yeah, yeah he looks huge um and for him it, it's not a motor it's not like a build or an athleticism thing it's just you know, a shot like in 2020 if you can't shoot you really become just a specialist or kind of you're out of the league. So, but that's again, right. though, going to your point, um, like we're worried about where he's going to play. <laughs> and yeah, he was no. the seventh overall, sixth or seventh overall pick last year. Like that's, that's crazy to me. Um, and I think going back to your depth thing, like I think we might talk about another guy here who falls into the depth thing, but like Jordan McLaughlin, he's unsigned. I think he's the only remaining restricted free agent yep he is which is crazy and it sucks because that that whole process does suck um but like it really limits his options so for him it sucks for the team it's kind of good for the team um but as like a jordan mclaughlin fan removing myself from the timberwolves fandom sucks for him you know he doesn't have much leverage at all to negotiate a contract anywhere else um and i think he's a very worthy player of oh for sure getting nba minutes i mean yeah he you don't probably want him playing as much as he did last year. He played no. admirably, but the team right. sucked. So, like, I think and, and, the guy can play. But And I think, I do think the Wolves, I mean, you saw it with the Tyus negotiation. You know, like, they hold the power. And if yep. someone comes out and gives him a bunch of money, like Tyus got. They're not scared to let him go. Then you're not scared to let him go. But, I don't know, I have a gut feeling that they do resign McLaughlin. That's just a gut feeling. But yeah. let's just say they do. I have no idea where that guy's going to play. He, like, I don't know if he's going to sign a pretty chill, small contract and then just whatever happens with the G League, 
maybe in Atlanta with their little bubble. Maybe he's there. Yeah. But where's he going to play? Because I'm more, I mean, we're talking about is Jarrett Culver going to get enough minutes? And Jarrett Culver needs to get way more minutes than Jordan McLaughlin. Right. Yeah. So it's crazy. And, but then again, somebody, Rubio or Russell. Yeah, absolutely. Could, I mean, God forbid, get hurt, get COVID. You need yep. another backup point guard unless you're betting on Culver being that, which maybe in short spurts you can have him out there, but I don't think you want him running. 30 minutes or 20 minutes a game like Rubio is going to be running like Rubio is going to play probably at least half the game in my opinion yep um and I don't think you're going to want Culver handling the ball for the 16 minutes that D'Angelo Russell's on the bench or whatever right right and I just don't see anybody else on this team who I feel comfortable in bringing the ball up and initiating right. offense like that I can see people like if Josh Okogie wants to take it on a fast break or Jared Vanderbilt, if he's playing or whatever, I'm down for that. But like to actually play the point guard role, I don't see a third guy. I don't trust right. a Kogi dribble like that. I don't think Beasley has the handle and the vision for that. Um, I think you don't really want Beasley having the ball in too many isolation situations because he's going to shoot that thing 10 times out of 10. And if right. he's coming off screens, I'm happy about that. But if he's trying to initiate offense, I don't necessarily um, like that too much. But it's just also, weird because I am might, a really big McLaughlin fan too, so I want him back. Oh, I love him. I'm not. I, I don't mean to like throw shade on him because he's mm-hmm. the thing I like about him more than anything is that he just plays hard. Like I, it's like a weird skill that I love is guys that just play just, hard, just run. Yeah, and Jordan McLaughlin was on the ground a ton. Just like you know, if you're a minimum contract guy or a two way guy, and you're like throwing your body into the you know the the end lines or like the stanchions right. and stuff to get like loose balls that's awesome um and so he it, dunked on clink capella yeah that was sick like, that like, was sick what like that how do you not like just root for a guy like that that's my thing like and obviously i interviewed him so i'm a little bit biased yeah, you're biased that's okay though but but i but i just he's like the nicest guy ever to like grant me like an interview with him like yep like whatever I, I, I will say I I was so I was sitting in on that same uh, Jared Culver media thing and Ryan one of the things that was interesting because you brought this up was uh, about who's going to bring the ball up. Ryan Ryan said that one of their Ryan Saunders uh, said one of their philosophies is uh, to promote rebounding. If you get the ball, you can take it up. So that yeah. might be that might be the answer to the question that you and I have is like the, the team is not a very good rebounding team. So right. how do you promote? rebounding for a bunch of guys that like to score or like the ball in their hands you know you d'angelo ricky by, yeah go get the ball and if you get the ball you can it, it's like ybl if kids played in you know when you're yeah. seven years old if you get the basketball you can dribble it up that uh-huh. might be what they do it might be that simple and it it could i mean they're gonna play so fast dude they're gonna play they're gonna have some and their defense is gonna be bad so they're gonna have some 150 145 nights but again yeah back to the optimism bubble we haven't watched Timberwolves basketball, man, in nine months, and we've gone through a lot. So if they lose five straight games, 150 to 148, I'm okay. I just need a little live basketball so I don't have to watch the same exact 32 minutes of Raptors-Wolves. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, man, it's just this whole thing is just, the whole season, it's been so long awaited. And, like, we thought we were going to wait until, like, maybe february or oh, march I know. you know oh. and and i'm still a little like worried about like 
finishing the season. But obviously, the, the league is a lot more prepared to handle everything. Um, and I think they have smart people in, like, the NBA offices. Like, you yeah. saw them run the bubble, and it worked good. So I don't think that, like, they probably won't have as many problems as the NFL, hopefully, I'm hoping. But the NFL has still managed to get through. I mean, they're almost in the playoffs. So, like, I have that optimism that the season will finish. Um, and then hopefully we can get fans in the stands before the yep. end of the year. Because it would be a really big waste to have this much optimism and not be able to have fans there. But I totally understand it, too, at the point. You're not going to yeah. risk you're not gonna risk people's lives by so they can watch right. basketball. But right. just as a fan, I'm hopeful that we get to the point that we can. But back to, like, the whole, um, like, Jared Culver thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wrote a piece about rotations. Um, couple, couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, probably. you you kind of projected out how many minutes. That was fun. Yeah, so I broke that down and I tried to see like, I mean, just like, what's gonna, what is it gonna look like? And um, I don't know. I I penciled Culver in for fourteen minutes a game, and that just doesn't feel like enough. But, and and but but what you did though was so hard, dude. Like trying to project that, like I did, I read that and I totally disagreed with you. But I also was like, well, well sure what you would did. you, what would yeah. you have done differently though? Like, right. where, where are you going to carve out these minutes? So, mm-hmm. um, I, but I think it goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, with like, I could go a hundred ways with this. The NFL has rosters, what four or five times the size of NBA rosters? Yeah, like fi- but, fifty. Well, maybe they bumped them up this year, but like over fifty players. Right. So they just have more guys that can get sick. But we're right. naive to think that they're not going to have some some real but on issues the in the NBA. Other like, side of that, they have more guys to replace guys if they do get correct sick. I get you know like they play, yeah. I mean they're just and they have their practice squads which they have available and I don't know. I, I just hope it works out in the end because I I wanted that was like a really tough nine months to just like, yeah yeah I know and like. Oh, but, I, but just, to, to, your, to your thing on depth and Jarrett Culver and minutes, it's I, I, some people are all of a sudden worried about it. Like they're like, "Man, is is so and so going to play?" Dude, that that's what makes camps like training camp right now. That's what makes it competitive. Like having yeah. you just said it in the beginning of this. Like list all the guys you watch that really aren't good basketball players. Like right. it's unfortunate that you're at a young age and a Timberwolves fan that you had to watch as much Isaiah Cannon as you did. We should yeah. never have to do that again. Right. Like we're if Jarrett Culver only plays 14 minutes a night, that's probably great because, because it means somebody Beasley else was helped. yeah dropped right. 26, and it means mm-hmm. D'Angelo had nine assists and Rubio played 36 minutes. So mm-hmm. the depth is going to be awesome. I mean, the roster is still not complete. You know that, I know that. But like some of those guys might be in a future trade. But for now, I think it's this is the most talented Timberwolves team I can think of in a long time, and I'm talking yeah, like about the Jimmy back. years. Like, top from top to, to bottom. Top to yep. bottom, yeah. Because, like, Jimmy was probably... You can kind of go back and forth between Cat and Jimmy as the best player. Yep. And then second best player. So, obviously, whoever is the second best player of that group is better than D'Angelo Russell. Yep. But Wiggins, Beasley... If Beasley plays like he did somewhat last year, not too bad. But when you're talking, like, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy, like, yeah, like, you have some talent there. Like, yeah, the I bench mean, is the best it's looked in how long, you know? Like, Anthony Edwards potentially being your sixth man 
as the number one overall pick, not because you just don't want to rush him, but because there legitimately is like a reason to play other people ahead of him. It's like really encouraging. Plus, like, I, I don't know. And then like power forward wise, like you have players that play such different roles. You need some offense. You put in Wancho Hernan Gomez. You need some defense. You put in maybe you play Ed Davis next to Cat, or maybe you yep. play a Kogi at the. I mean, that's something that has been talked about, and it's just <sighs> Anthony How Edwards. I know the draft. I know. I know what people are going to say. I know the pessimists that are in our our Twitter mentions right now. I know it was a down draft. Forget that. Anthony Edwards was the first overall pick in a draft, and we're not sure he's going to start. I right. have no. Like off the top of my head, precedent for when that happened. Like that wasn't injury related. Like with a Zion, like yeah. Anthony Edwards is healthy and an uber athlete, and we're like, is he going to even be the first guy off the bench? Yeah, like that's how crazy right. the depth is. Like it's that's that's well, wild look, to me. Let's just look back at like who's been drafted like number one overall in the past, however long. Last year was Zion. He was hurt, but as soon as he wasn't hurt, I don't know if he started. He was on a minutes restriction, so he can't really base it off that. Go to the year before that and 2018, that would have been, oh my God, I can't even remember. DeAndre Ayton. Yep. And he he started. And then you go back to 2017 and, God, I can't remember drafts now all of a sudden. That was the the Markel Fultz one. Okay, and he was hurt. Then you go back the year before that and then that was Ben Simmons. He was hurt. The year before that was Cat. He started. Year before that, Wiggins, he started. Year before that, Anthony Bennett. I'm assuming he started because that Cavs team was, like, terrible. Trash. Yeah, I'm sure they threw realistically, Anthony Bennett out there. Realistically, the Timberwolves have to be one of the better teams to have ever gotten the number one pick. Or not, yep. maybe not better teams, but most talented team to ever get the number one pick. Which, again... It's sad. I, think I, need, I need to throw, like... You, you, you want this, too, but we got to throw some, like water on this optimism fire but like right there's talent wise i am with you record wise i love this team they suck they've yeah. sucked for a long time so mm-hmm. i get if you're pessimistic because you every year that i've been optimistic i've probably been wrong yeah. i do feel differently this year of all years um like i don't i don't think i was like uber optimistic last year when the guys came back from the bahamas and I was like, oh, Jordan Bell's going to actually play. I'm, I was. I'm, I'm a really anti-Jordan Bell guy. But, like, I was just like, I don't. I just didn't think that team had a lot of talent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Jeff Teague was still on the team. Wiggins was still on the team. They were running out a lot of the same tread guys. Um, this year, without hammering home this point, like, they have so many new faces. Like, they're probably going to start some weird combination of, like, I know, I know a lot of people have been anti, not anti-Rubio starting, I just do think he starts, but that just is a spicy take. But, I mean, if it's a Rubio, Russell, Beasley, Kogi Towns, like, dude, that is the most exciting lineup. It's more exciting than the Butler starting lineup. I mean, because guys like Teague and Gibson aren't flashy. This would be yeah. the most exciting starting lineup I've seen since literally, like, the Sam Cassell, Sprewell, Western Conference Finals thing. And that's, yeah. what, 15 years ago? Yeah, longer. 16. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Jordan McLaughlin, I I hope they make it work. I know I know that no one is a bigger fan than you because you guys are essentially buddies, and you yep. did a really cool interview with him. But um, yeah, I, I he, have his phone number, so yeah. <laughs> so he he would bring depth, but uh, again, I, I just 
I don't know. I think they'll make that work, but I, I don't think we should be worried either way. It's kind of like the Nas Reed thing. Like, it was cool to watch Nas play last year, but if Nas Reed plays or starts 30 games this year, the season was a disaster. So right. let's, like, not hope for that. Let's just hope for, like, the really good guys to play. Yeah. No, exactly. And But at the same point, we did see Nas play admirably. So if Ed Davis is the backup center this year and he goes down yep. due to injury COVID, you have Nas Reed to come in here. And just fill in for him, and I think he would—he wouldn't provide the defense, but he would provide more offense than Davis is. Yep. So I mean, it's two flips of the coin or whatever. But at the end of the day, like that's someone that could fill in and actually like play a role and like do okay. And I also think there's a point where like, yeah, the Wolves might run like an 11-man rotation, but then if somebody's out, they might not have to find somebody to fill that role. They yep. might just play a Kogi four more minutes and Culver four more minutes. Yep. And it might turn out to be fine. So, I don't know. I'm just excited about that. I mean, literally, like, we're less than 36 hours away, I think. I don't know what time they play next. Um, I think it's, I think it's a usual, like, 7 o'clock game on Saturday. So Okay, well, it's 7 o'clock here. So, yep. I am 36 hours away <laughs> from tip-off of the Minnesota Timberwolves preseason. Which, yeah, it's preseason. I don't care. I and, went nine months without basketball. And and I and I honestly, for this specific one, I do want to just rail everyone back because I'm right. I'm so up there with you. Um, I don't think anyone that you truly care about is going to play more than ten minutes. So, no, like, and I don't it's going to so be either. awesome. But I don't think like I think they might close the game in the fourth quarter. They might close it with like a weird Jared Vanderbilt, Jaden McDaniels. Uh, like some of the the two way guys, but, but but those guys you just mentioned are the two people I want to see the most. Really, that's awesome. I want to see McDaniel's and Vanderbilt so much because we've heard so much about Vanderbilt before, oh, yeah. like this summer. They talked about Vanderbilt a lot, yeah. And I don't know if it was just that they had nobody else to talk about or that they really see something in him. Yep. But like that's kind of exciting because like yep. think about it, if Vanderbilt could shoot, he'd be like the perfect guy to play next to Cat. So if he can shoot a little bit, um, that'd be encouraging. Or even if yep. he just plays good defense and doesn't turn the ball over, because that's kind of a knock on him too. And I just want to see what what um, McDaniel's does, because I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. Right. You know, it's hard to find like the bad tape on him. I found the good tape on him on right. YouTube, yeah, but yeah. when you don't have like a video synergy account and everything, you can't find the great tape on these guys or the bad tape on these guys and really break it down. But he was. I mean, Jade McDaniels was like a top five high school recruit. Yep, yep. Like, he was a big, he was a big deal out here in Washington. But the problem is, is that when at, or when prospects come up to University of Washington lately, they kind of just come here to die. Like mm-hmm. University of Washington like has it. has done a tough time kind of developing guys. Yeah. But no, I'm with you. I was just, I was just saying, I'm with you. I'm so excited for Saturday night. I'll probably watch that game six times. But just to throw a little calmness onto what is probably going to be a glorified g league yeah. game also too cats, like cats barely gonna play like delo's barely gonna play we we talked about this is the longest you and i have gone without watching the timberwolves this is the longest some of those guys have gone without doing their jobs so yeah. there's i mean you can play pickup you can you know get some run in and a practice facility all that stuff but there's nothing like actually five on five nba men playing against each other so it's gonna be rusty I imagine it's going to be kind of sloppy, but again, if you just come into it, you're 21 now, like with a glass of wine or something, and just yep. like enjoy the colors and like the players, and just don't worry about the results. 
don't worry about some of the air balls. Just let yeah. it go. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And we get, we get three preseason games, and we'll have some more training camp. And then, yeah, the season kicks off in a couple weeks. It's still weird to actually think about that they're coming back. That's, like, my takeaway. It's like, it's been so long that you and I are out of shape for, like, wait, they're going to have regular season games? That's going to yeah. be weird. Yeah, like, I have to, like, section off, like, every other night, basically, like, three hours to watch a basketball game. Yep. Oh. But luckily for me, I'm just, I'm like, like we talked about before we got on. I'm done with college the same night the Timberwolves' first game is. <laughs> it's symbolic. And I, I, I'm not going to have a job for a while while I'm waiting for my license. And even when I do, I'm going to be a substitute teacher. So I won't have much to do on top of, like, at the uh, at nights or anything. So it's like I will have nights to really just watch basketball. And it's going to be great. But what I want to ask you this. What... I'm talking small things here, but what like what are you most excited about to see in these three preseason games? Like really small things. Like I'll I'll name I'll name mine quick. I'm excited to see how Culver's jump shot looks in game. I'm excited to see how um I'm excited to see how uh Okogi's jump shot looks. And then I'm excited to see what like what defensive scheme Yeah like yeah. is deployed for the centers, regardless of who it is. Yep. If it's Nas, if it's Ed Davis. What defensive scheme is going to be used? Are we doing the drop coverage? What are we doing? So those are my three. I just want to see Culver and Okogi's jump shots and just see how they look in game. Because I can see all the the summer, you know, like we always talked about before, like the Wiggins summer workout videos. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, his, Culver's jump shot looks great. And I think it does look better. But until I see it in-game action, I, I, I don't want to put too much stock into it. So I'm excited to see that. So that that's a great question. I would say regular season, just kind of jumping ahead quick. Yeah. Regular season, the thing I'm most excited to watch is I want to watch Rubio and Russell because I think they're going to play a yeah. lot in the backcourt together. Yeah. And I think I was watching like an old, well, not old, but it was a highlight of all Russell's highlights from his brief stint with the Timberwolves and just seeing uh-huh. him splash long three after long three. Yeah. So just seeing him and those two guys play together is going to be awesome. For the preseason, uh, you you had some good points. I think mine is far and away. I just want to see Anthony Edwards do athletic stuff among men, like among guys and who are in more a Timberwolves his, uniform. Yeah, in a Timberwolves uniform, I should say. But like, he had a lot of flaws in college, and we, you know, our draft guys at Canis talked about him. He's same at uh, a Wolf Among Wolves. He has a lot of things to work on. But the one thing he doesn't have to work on is his just body. He was a man among boys as a, yeah. and he's two years younger than you. <laughs> no, I know. You know like he and he's supposed to be going into his college freshman year this year. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I just so. want to see him. You know, I what I, they play the they play the Grizzlies on Saturday. I just want to see and, him yep, Saturday. Like Mon- Monday is the other one. Yeah. Like yeah, if so. he's on the floor for even three minutes against like Dylan Brooks. Like Dylan Brooks has an NBA body. He's an NBA scorer, yeah. and Anthony Edwards is probably stronger than him. So I just want to see that guy. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. I think he, you know, the Wiggins comparison is lazy. I think he's got a far better handle. I think he actually does. Every time I've got to listen to him talk, the dude is funny. Like he's oh god, charismatic. have you watched his YouTube videos? Oh my you god, you see like awesome. his question and answer. Oh, I love. It. Like I didn't think that was what he was like at all. Yep. He like he just he's just like a, such a fun loving guy. And I will admit this. Like you know when the article came out about him. 
I think, did you talk to Dane about that on your Yeah, on it was podcast? kind of like a hit piece, that felt like. Well, but like, anyway, I read, that, I read that quote, I read that quote, and I was like, I think I tweeted, like, this is the guy you all want over yep. the mellow ball. Yep. And then, like, I actually went and read the article, and I, like, took the tweet down, because I was like, that was such a rash thing for me yep. to, like, say about him. And then I watched these videos. The more and more I see of this kid, I just love, I love every second of it. He just seems like a fun-loving guy. I think he like. I think he loves the game of basketball. I think that was just like, like really taken out of context. I think the. I think the writer did a good job writing that piece, except for like, that small section of it. I also don't think we talk about enough too, for someone like him. And this was touched on in that article, and Dane's been good about talking about this too. But like, he was kind of just used like throughout high school and and this is a five-hour podcast for another day but like the aau system i know i have a couple friends that coach in like aau like it's just disgusting (laughs) like the way they use players and then he went to georgia and was just basically like given the keys to a bad team and had teammates that were probably one step above you and i um so i don't know man i might i've hated my job sometimes when i work with people that suck you know and doesn't mean i don't want to have a job or i'm not passionate about business or finance like you just right. gotta put me in the right spot i think he's in i think he's found a home i think gers and ryan and that whole staff is going to embrace him uh i you, again you you need to hop on your phone as soon as this is done because uh d'angelo russell posted like a video of him clowning Anthony a, during I, a photo shoot i saw some stuff on twitter okay i didn't listen to it but i like saw Cat, some about Cat hyping up, or D'Lo hyping up Cat. Yep, and, and, and D'Lo but... was hyping up Anthony Edwards, too, during a photo shoot. So, like, I think I think that kid has way more basketball comps aside. I think he has way more Zach Levine in him than he does Andrew Wiggins. I've talked yeah. to Andrew Wiggins in a locker room. He's a very respectful, nice human being. He gives yeah. you nothing. He is, yeah. like, just the vanilla wafer of an interview. Um, Anthony Edwards is too young to like even know what he's saying he just is funny like he just says cool stuff and like the things you're talking about that you brought up in one of those youtube things he was already at 19 talking about he wants to open up a like start a a charity for single moms i was like kids don't do that that's not a 19 year old like like thing like it kind of gave me like chills i'm like this kid is like two years younger than me and i bet he has this foundation started within a couple of years just like Polish NBA vets don't do that. Like, yeah, they're like, not thinking like I just cashed in and I'm gonna. The first thing I'm gonna do before I suit up a real game is I want to start a charity. Like, no, nah, ball that's... got a grill. Yeah, in yeah. his teeth. <laughs> and like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, he earned that money. He can do what he yeah, wants with absolutely, it. It's absolutely. not a knock on Lamelo Ball. It's just like Anthony Edwards. I think he has a good, a good head on his shoulders. Like, I do too. To the point where I probably wouldn't have guessed that before seeing a lot of this stuff. And at your point, you said this earlier too, like the guys he, we're going back to on the court stuff, the guys he played with at Georgia sucked. Dude. Like dude. that Georgia team was so bad. Like you talk about, people talk about Cole Anthony playing on a bad UNC team. Same thing with like uh, Anthony Edwards playing on Georgia. Like they were bad. Think about that kid with like NBA spacing. You go, you put him on the floor next to D'Lo, Beasley, him, Wancho, Cap. Give him the ball. He's dunking on whoever is in the like. He can operate in through so much space, like just I. And and 
you guys are, you know, at Wolf Among Wolves, you did a really good job. Same with us at Canis. We had people breaking down legit film. I get it. I don't under, I mean, I'm not a draft guru and stuff, but like, I'm just a skinny, like 6'2 white guy who's played some basketball. I'm not very good, but I have been, I have been on the court at certain times, maybe with a lot of younger people, but like where I'm probably one of the better players. I might be playing against a bunch of dads in noon ball, Mm -hmm. but I've been a better player on the court when everyone around me sucks, and that's fine. They're just trying to get up and down, burn off some calories. Yeah. But after like ten minutes of passing the guys and they suck, you it just sucks. want to take the ball back. Just... Yeah, like you just you don't want to pass the ball anymore. So I'm just gonna jack up a bad shot because why do I pass it to the dude in the corner who's gonna hit the side of the backboard? So yeah. that's why I think we don't have enough of a sample size on Edwards. And I just think that sometimes the decision making stuff gets so overblown because what do you want him to do? Ben yeah. Simmons made a lot of weird choices at LSU. Like, yeah, and just, that's a that's a comp I like a lot, and I use that comp like for like the defense part of Edwards. Ben Simmons didn't give anything. He didn't care at all about playing defense at LSU. Yep. And now and now I think he's the best defender in the league. Like, uh, yeah, but I'm behind Kawhi. Quiet. Behind Kawhi, right? I don't know. Okay, that's cool. So they're they're upper. They're up. I know because what you mean. I'm just talking like on ball defense and health yep. defense. I think yep. he's just like yep. he can legitimately guard one. He has more size to guard. Like and he's huge. Yeah, yeah, and he's just big. And I'm not saying, and I'm not. I don't want this taken out of context. I do not think Edwards will ever be there. But why can't he be above average? Right. Just because he didn't care about defense at Georgia, he can be above average still. He's built for it. He's literally built like he's built basically like. Donovan Mitchell's like, like body, yep. Yep. but like three inches bigger, like three Dude, inches think- taller, twenty pounds more, like, and that's kind of one of my comps for him. Like one of his like higher outputs would be like a Donovan Mitchell type of player. Um, I want to ask you this: Do you did did you like Edwards? I know you didn't like really dive into the draft. Was he your guy coming out of the draft, or was it Ball, or who was it? I mine was mine was actually. Lamelo Ball, but like, it changed when we brought in Rubio to play the point guard. That's when it changed for me. Uh, okay, that is like a loaded million dollar question. I'm glad you asked me. Like, from a fan content perspective, I thought Lamelo Ball would be cool. You know, right. because again, I I my like glory days when I was your age or whatever, like growing up, like it was the Rubio years. You know, it was like flashy passes. Mm-hmm. It was that type of stuff. Um, and you and I were only limited to what we knew about Anthony Edwards via those crappy Georgia games, via that kind of lopsided article that says he doesn't like basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you know, once you kind of got the steam the day before, like it's probably going to be Edwards, I started to talk myself into it. And then since then, and this is obviously I'm biased now, but he the kid's saying all the right things. Like yeah. I have no problem with the Lamelo ball yeah. or the and ball. And Lamelo might be saying the right things too, and we might be missing it. But I don't right. care about him anymore. Right, right. I'm just saying like there's nothing wrong with his confidence, Lamelo yeah. ball and all that stuff. But Ed- Edwards, man, like you can be coached up, you can be told what to say through PR and all those things. But if you're 19, I mean, you can you can attest to this, right? You like just make mistakes. Like you yeah. were just gonna say things that are dumb and you regret, and he has—he's saying all the right things. Like he's the first overall pick, and he's saying, "I'm just here to have a role and play, like work my ass off on defense." But that's like, crazy. Like he shouldn't say that because like, 
he's so humble. Like, it's kind of yeah. crazy. But it – and him saying the right things, it doesn't seem like – you know, Towns has always been lauded for, like, he says the right things and only the right things to the media. Yeah. Right? And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And I don't think Towns is a bad person by any means, no. and he's, like, hiding stuff by any means. But, like, Edwards is saying the right things, but he's, like, having fun with it. And, like, he – you can tell he genuinely, like – believes what he says he's happy to say it like nobody's telling him to be like oh go record a q a on your youtube channel and then say you want to start a foundation for single mothers like nobody's yep. telling him that that's yep. just what he wants and he's been through some life experiences that i can never even imagine um which has probably brought a lot of like uh, maturity to him but he's not like hard-nosed about it either like I think he's going to be a worker, but I think he's going to have fun with it, which, like... He, he gives me some Joel... No, again, this is not on the court stuff. No, I He feel, gives me some, I, like, Joel yep. Embiid, Giannis vibes of, like... And then, granted, now, those guys were from overseas and international. Yep. But, like, he gives me those vibes. Like, he's just going to be, like, super, super happy the first time he eats a Juicy Lucy. Like, and he's just yeah. going to tell you about it. Like, he's going to be like, dude, I had this burger, and there was cheese in the middle of it, and it was wild. Like, he's just an honest, <laughs> honest, yeah. like fun person i think he's gonna be yeah. awesome to cover and i think when you talked about earlier his youtube interview that gave you goosebumps dude i had those same goosebumps when i saw i think dane actually talked about it first but when i saw the photo of like david vanterpool with his arm around anthony edwards because david vanterpool is david vanterpool is the key to this like yeah he's the defensive coordinator like if he gets through to edwards that's where you can start thinking edwards is Peak Victor Oladipo, yep, yep or yep. Donovan Mitchell, or young Dwayne Wade. Like, I don't think he's going to be Dwayne Wade, but, like, there's similarities to those places. If he can play defense, why can't he be Victor Oladipo, a healthy Victor Oladipo? And I think I think David Vanterpool's stock among Wolves fans has has shrunk because... Because, it, deal, because it, well, it feels like he's been here for six years, and this is his second year. Like that's something to remember too. Sucks. It's his yeah. second year here. The team did not try to tank, but they also did not try to win last year. So David Vanterpool yeah. didn't get to do any of what he wanted. And as someone who's still out here in Portland, Wolves fan, but like out here in Portland, I mean, like, dude, and everyone knows this, but like CJ and McCollum and Dame Lillard, like they would have taken a bullet for that guy. Like they love David yeah. Vanterpool, so. He was supposed to come in and fix Wiggins, and then Wiggins was shipped out three or four months. I think Anthony Edwards is his first project. Yeah. I think this is him the first Be- time. I think in- Beasley, too. Yeah, Beasley, too. But I th- I, th- I think Beasley has a little more confidence to him, and he's also just a little older. I think he'll yeah. coach him up. But yeah. I think Anthony Edwards is – David Vanderpool like, sees a young Dame child. Lillard in him. Yep, yeah. he sees a right. young CJ McCollum in him. He's going to coach him up on defense, but he's going to be sitting next to him on the plane. He's going to be in that yeah. kid's hotel room when they travel to Dallas. Like that's right. that relationship is going to be buddy buddy, and it's going to be awesome. If if be, David Vanterpool yeah. is the coach, we think he is. He's going to play a huge role in this kid's development. Right. Yeah, and I am excited about Vanterpool coaching him. Um, I don't think Vanderpool is going to like make a star defender out of like D'Angelo Russell, but if he right. can make a defender out of edwards and get something out of because i think beasley's a hard worker i think beasley's comes a little he's a little undersized he doesn't weigh much and i think he's just maybe doesn't think so much when he's on the court defensively yeah but if he can get it out of edwards to be a really good defender 
Um, I think that's going to be really impre- like impressive. I think people don't understand that. I think the Wolves have built one of the smartest front offices and coaching staffs in the league. Yep. Like, you think of, like, Vanterpool. I mean, the guy's been getting, like, coaching job offers. Or not yep. offers, but interviews, A lot of interviews all around yeah. the league. And then, like, the front office, like, Rosa's had a bunch of different, like, offers. Didn't take any because he wanted to go somewhere where he could build something. Yep. But he was highly regarded. Daryl Morey staff. Same with, like, Gupta. And then, like, the coaching staff. Like, sure, Ryan Saunders, young coach. But, I mean, Ryan Saunders has been in the league for 10 years. Like, yep. Ryan Saunders knows how the league works. And he's got Vanterpool in his ear. He's got Pablo in his ear. And Prigioni is a really... He's a pretty well-respected coach, um, especially with the players. It seems like the players love him. But, like, he was the offensive guy under Kenny Atkinson. And they made the playoffs with that team, with D'Angelo Russell. So he yep. has, like, that connection to those players. It's just... It's hard not to be excited. And 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 to push back, I I feel everything. I'm 100% co-signing what you said. Um, but if you're, you know, if you are pessimistic or you think that, you know, Ryan Saunders isn't the most qualified person for the job, I respect that. Because, I respect that too. Because the, at the end of the day, they don't – there are – if you go into Target Center, there are a ton of Minnesota Lynx banners because they not only had a great front office and had a great coaching staff – but they actually won games. They delivered. Yeah. They won basketball games. The Timberwolves haven't done that for as long as you've pretty much been alive. So they have to Trust still me, prove it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm a Ryan Saunders guy. I've got to talk to him. He is a great dude. But <laughs> I don't think he got to – he got thrown into the you know the end of the Tom Thibodeau year when he – you don't judge any of that, right? Like, he was coaching yeah. as an interim basis. Last year, I don't think they tried to win. He is now not on the hot seat by any means, but now he has to do stuff. Now yeah. he has to implement things. David Vanterpool is a defensive genius. This team hasn't played good defense since he walked in the door. They have yep. to show improvement. So that's why I'm going to be optimistic. You're going to be optimistic. But the team does have to do things to earn the trust of not only you know, the people that don't believe in them, but to also support what you and I have been kind of throwing out there these last couple of months, that this team is going to be surprising and they're building something. And if they go 20-52, and 52, yeah, dude call for some heads like they can't do that they got to win games but you can't win games consistently without talent you can win games by patching things together and selling your soul like tom thibodeau did just bringing in guys that he loves and vets but you can't win long term and Mm -hmm. i'm i I don't want to win one season i'd like to i'd like to be you know a bucks level franchise or you know the nuggets that's like the prime franchise right they developed, they grew, they have a yep. ton of smart guys. They never drafted really first, I mean, Murray but and they, Jokic, but they yeah. built and they built and they didn't trade their guys for stars. They, I remember when Kyrie Irving was like, I'll go to Denver, and Denver was like, no, nah, we're not going to give you Murray. And I was like, that's crazy. And they were right. Okay, but do you remember, like, the Timberwolves were on Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's short list. That was crazy. That With been, Jimmy Butler being yeah. here? Like, that would have we been were, so weird. We were on his short list. Like, that was a feeling I've never felt before. Um, but to to your point of Denver, um, you've probably read it, but Jonathan Sharks a couple yep. months, yep. like a month or whatever ago, had a piece about, you know, comparisons between the Wolves and Denver. And it's kind of, like, kind of uncanny when you think about it, like, with, like, Kat and Jokic and then, like, Murray and Russell, um, which kind of makes you excited. 
but we need some of those pieces that that they have that we're missing, like the Jeremy Grant, the Paul Millsap, the Will Barton. And maybe we have, you know, maybe we have Will Barton with Josh Akogi if he can shoot a little bit. Um, but we need to find that, like, now they have Michael Porter Jr. Can Jaden McDaniels be our Michael Porter Jr.? Because they, they drafted well. They took players who kind of fell, right? They took Porter Jr. who fell. They took Bull Bull who fell. Some people think McDaniels fell. Yep. Um, he was a highly ranked prospect at a high school. Same with Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull, actually. And then kind of just fell down the ranks um, throughout college. So maybe that can work out in the end. But regardless of that, like I that that whole Denver comp just is exciting in general because the Timberwolves and Denver met in game 82 and I was at that game. Yep. Sitting first row, second level, not first level, second yeah, level. Nice. And it was like the craziest atmosphere I've ever been in. And then after that just Denver went one way. Yep. And the Wolves went another. Yep. It was a fantastic comp and I will just say cuz he's our friend. But Jake Painting if you're still listening to this pod I got to give Jake some credit because he was like two months earlier on an article about comping those two teams oh, yeah. and kind of the I similarities. Totally forgot about that. Yes, um, he was. So, and Charks is a big guy and he was, he got to spend yeah. some time with the Wolves. So I'm not saying that he copied Jake. I'm just saying like, no, Jake was on that early and it was such a good mm-hmm. comp. And then when Charks kind of dove into it, I was like, wow, this is like, yeah, the parallels are eerie. I will say that, you know, Jokic and like Murray, I always was like a Towns guy and I still am because that's yeah. kind of like my guy. But he also has kind of fallen behind Jokic. Like, he's got to be able to – Jokic does so many things now and has in, you know, kind of lost some weight and improved his body and been better mm-hmm. defensively and done all these things. So, like, yeah, the, 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 the Nuggets did pass them. Even though they lost game 82, they then figured it out and corrected things, and that's what the Wolves have to do. They have to start to make adjustments and, like, you know – I mean, it's the reason – I don't want to talk about this, by the way, because it'll make me so triggered – but it's the reason that Karanthi Towns keeps falling in these ESPN 100 rankings is because Jokic and those guys are developing. Like, we got to see yeah. our guys start to develop. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because if you really, like, look into it, Towns has had Jokic's number when they yep, play. Yep, yep, he, absolutely. He outperforms them, but the team doesn't. The yep. team doesn't outperform them. And it's kind of weird because it kind of goes in a circle. Like, Embiid has Cat's number. Cat has Jokic's number. Jokic has Embiid's yep. number. Like those guys. But you see Cat play good against, like Anthony Davis too. Like, yep. Cat always plays really good against Anthony Davis, which is just weird, and I don't think it really means that much. But like, he has it in him to outwork Anthony Davis and Jokic. This is such a homer take, and again, people are so tired of me. I don't think any NBA player's stock has fallen more than Carl Anthony Towns, and it makes no sense. And he's like, been getting better. Yeah, like it makes no sense. He consistently gets better year to year. And again, all all personal stuff off off you know to the side yeah. because what he's dealt with in the last nine months is probably more than I've dealt with in 32 years. But it's crazy how much people shit on that dude basically because he hasn't won. And I think knowing how he's wired a little bit, I mean, again, he is still raw from losing a, yeah. a mom and other people, and it's going to take time. But I think D'Angelo Russell hinted at some stuff, man, when he said he's going to be a killer. Like, I think that guy's tired of getting picked on by Joel Embiid and tired yeah. of the media. And well, you I kind of saw it last year with the whole headlock situation. Yeah, too. I hope he – this is kind of crazy, but, like, 
I'm okay, man, if you fight someone once. You know, yeah, like, that was at that Get time suspended for two games. Yeah, that like, was fine. I like, was like, hell yeah. Yep. And maybe he doesn't need to fight anyone anymore because he already did. But like when he fought that guy, dude, I don't care that yeah, the team was winning. And it's like, well, now Towns is out for two games. Way to go. It's like, dude, I don't care about that. Show, like, stand up for yourself. And he did it, and it was awesome. And I think, I think with the roster around him and how much shooting, if he can become average defensively, Dane talks about this all the time, but if he can become average defensively, yep. his stock, man, like, if this, was, if this was the stock market, Towns is the stock you buy because it's going to go up. It can't really go much lower because people continue to throw him down in the – what 25th ranked player that's crazy to me man yeah i think he was 23rd or something that's crazy he was ranked i I tweeted this out but he was ranked 23rd on espn's ranking and zion williamson who was ranked 19 has played 24 games like that those numbers shouldn't be like that's crazy so i think towns will have a big year i think he's gonna feel the most comfortable it's his team um and he's not gonna get triple teamed every night he's gonna have like Anthony Edwards in Georgia, man, he's gonna have yeah. players to kick the ball to that aren't bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what is Cat gonna do beforehand? Oh, kick into the corner for Travion Graham to yep. just. Oh God. I like he, like Travion Graham what? was such a good person, but he. Oh, yeah, yeah. Travion like, Graham she, has been replaced by Anthony Edwards. So, like, that's it. That's my optimism here, right there. What about this too? Think about this. How many times did we see Jeff T dribble and dribble and dribble the air out of the basketball with Towns flailing his arms to give him yep. the ball in the post? Yep. That's not going to happen anymore. Yep. D'Lo and Rubio aren't going to let that happen. And you brought this up way earlier, and I, it just came back to me. Towns and Russell played one game together. But you know who else has only played two games with Towns? Wancho. Yep. Beasley. Yep. All these guys have only played two games. Anthony Edwards hasn't played a single minute next to Carl Anthony Towns. Like, that's something to get excited about. But I wanted to talk about Cat's defense with you for a second, too. So, obviously, Towns is not known to be a good defender, but what do you think it stems from? Because personally, for me, I don't necessarily think we need a power forward that is going to cover up Cat's mistakes. I think we need someone next to Towns that doesn't make mistakes of their own so cat doesn't have to think about covering up for them so i think a lot of towns's stuff is met yeah mental like oh like he's struck and i think he i don't think he's a like not smart at all. i think he's a smart basketball player almost to the point where he might be too smart to where he's thinking like do i gotta get that do i gotta get that like if he just has to focus on his guy i think he's gonna be a lot better defensively you look up like you can find like defensive metrics and defensive metrics are super weird defensive stats like should really be taken with a grain of salt but like percentages of like when cat is the primary defender on someone versus anybody else in the league they're consistently lower when cat is guarding someone one-on-one than somebody else i think it's where he's trying to help someone do you get the same gist or do you think we need someone to 100 i'm totally with you i Again, I've got to like be in a locker room a couple times when he's interviewed. I've got to just cover him since he came into the league. He is one of the smartest, truly nicest people in the world. Yeah. But that sometimes, and again, this this is just on the court basketball stuff. I, not to get into what he's had to deal with, but he he has a tendency to just overthink. 
you mm-hmm. had talked about it a little bit ago with like media or like what, what he says in interviews. He's constantly trying to say the right thing rather than just saying what's on his mind, right? Like yep. I'm totally guilty of the other side of that where I'm just going to say something and then I'll be like, oh shit, I should have been <laughs> right. like way more chill about that, um, uh-huh. which is how I lead to these rants. But with him, it, it, it translates onto the basketball court. He's like, I want to do the right, the the perfect play here to make everything look good. And it's like, no, dude, you don't, you don't have to do that. Like just kind of, you're so talented, but you don't need to fix all the five holes on the court. Just fix your hole. And if your if yeah. you if your spot and your job is done, then it's the onus is on Josh. Josh, you got to do your job, and that's how team defense works, right? Like, the yep. team defense isn't about having one Kawhi Leonard or one Ben Simmons and then four duds. It's about everyone doing their <clears throat> job and then building off each other. So for Carl, I'm with you. I think I saw you talking about that on Twitter. Like, I don't think they need to have necessarily a Taj Gibson or a. A, I don't know, like a weird like Clint Capella next to him or something. Yeah. I think Carl can protect the rim, man. He's a, uh, come on, like a you big were, dude. Get, he's a huge human being. Yeah. His feet are the size of like a sh- like a giant shoebox. Like he's a big mm-hmm. dude. So I think if he can just you know be more up and down and not have to worry, kind of like you said about throwing out of a triple team to bad shooters. If he doesn't have to be like the guys in front of me suck at defense. Um, Ricky can guard. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be able to guard. Jarrett and Josh can guard. If he knows that the ball is going to be stopped, he can just do his job, and it'll make it a lot easier. So the answer to your question is just think less. Just think less. Just yeah. keep it simple with him, and I think you'll see improvements. And I think I've had some backlash where, like, oh, Robert Covington was a good defender. Why wasn't Cat good next to him? Robert Covington is a help defender, passing lanes, rip the ball out of someone running by me type of defender, not like a one-on-one, I'm going to stay glued to my guy type of defender. And that's why I don't think that worked. Um, But yeah, I think if you just get him to think less, and part of that's on him, part of that's on who's next to him, I think it's going to be a lot better. But it's going to have to... Team defense is so important in my mind. Yep, yep. And I think Carl's going to benefit just from having good defenders anywhere on the court obviously Delo's not a good defender but if beasley can be average if edwards can be above average you have kogi a kogi who is good culver who is should be a good defender he showed some flashes last year that i think he's going to be a solid defender he added 10 to 15 pounds of muscle um and then if you can have some minutes with him with like our like ronda house jefferson if he's on the team like obviously his contract's not fully guaranteed or anything but if he gets some minutes, you run him next to Cat. I think you could have a solid defensive lineup with enough offense to like sustain on the court, and that's why I'm kind of optimistic about this. Um, the Timberwolves but, are the, the Timberwolves were terrible at defense, dude. Yeah. They're terrible. Okay, but you know what? I know that. You know that. Tim knows that. Jake knows that. Dane, like everyone knows that. You know who else knows that? Ryan and Gerson and yeah. David Vanderpool. It's not like, like they're we not, know it and they're just oblivious to yeah, what's they're, going on. They, they know, know it better that than that can't happen anymore if they want to win because, I mean, I think Gers has kind of moved back on, like, his top 10 offense, top 10 defense thing. But, yeah. the, like, you go back and just look at, like, basic, like, um, offensive and defensive efficiency. Teams don't make the playoffs, let alone deep runs, unless they're in the upper half of defensive efficiency. Like, you yeah. have to be good at both sides of the ball. So the I make jokes about winning 150 to 148. That's not sustainable. That's not what they're yeah. actually trying to do. 
but they have to make slight improvements. But yeah, if their defense, they they will go as far as the defense takes them. And their defense yep. was literally embarrassing last year. And I do think it's going to make a ton of strides. But there was such a gap between them and a good defensive team that can they make enough strides to like make them make any sort of movement uh, in the yeah. Western Conference? Yeah, no, it's, no, it's the de- the defense was pitiful last year. It was legitimately bad. Um, but on the other side, can't get much worse. Like that's yeah, that's a plus side. <laughs> it can't get much worse. Um, so if that improves and the offense, I li- I think the Timberwolves have a legitimate chance to be a top five yep. offense in the league. Yeah, like I think they can just be that good. Um, I think they scored like fourth most points per game in the league after the trade deadline, um, and that was without Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, like your best offensive and just best player in general was not on the floor. You didn't have. Um, Anthony Edwards, who's another good offensive player that came in, and you don't have, and you didn't have a Ricky Rubio. You uh, had yeah, replace Jordan that, re- replace that roster. You, exactly, replace that roster. Replace Nas Reed with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Replace Jordan McLaughlin with Ricky Rubio. Replace, mm-hmm. I don't even know like who they were throwing at the wing, but replace those guys with just a better Josh Okogie who's been working on a shot with the, yeah. a guy in California with an Anthony Edwards with a Jarrett Culver who maybe has just like chilled out and got rid of the yips of just being a rookie um it's gonna there that offense dude is gonna be i'm with you top five if there are anything out of the top five i'd be disappointed yeah and then i want to talk about two guys that i'm that haven't gotten much love especially one jake layman he is like a really good cutter and in a five out offense yeah jake layman's gonna get three four easy buckets off of just cutting to the to the rim and another guy that's actually a pretty good cutter but he just for some reason like really sucks at finishing around the rim Wancho Hernan Gomez actually cuts really yeah. well yeah he just can't finish so if he can get that out of him and finish the ball well or finish around the rim well that's exciting to have somebody that can shoot and cut because if he's in the on the corner you have to guard him in the corner yeah he gives you a pump fake and he can blow by. Same with Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman's not a great shooter, but he's a competent shooter to where you're not going to leave him open all game long. And eventually you're going to see a dunk on Derek Favors like last year where Jake Lehman pump faked, Zion bid on it, and then he dunked right on Favors. So I think the cutting thing is um, something that's important too. It's not just shooting. Shooting doesn't just make your offense better because guys can shoot. It opens up the lane for people to cut. It opens up the lane for Cat to work down low. Cat hasn't played with the four that can shoot. He hasn't played with Wancho. Right. He's played two games. Right. So and and, and when he and he, did, and he did get to play a little with Jake Lehman before I guess, Jake and got Robert hurt. Covington, but like yeah, but you know the, little... thing, the thing with Jake Jake Lehman is that uh, he's almost like a forgotten free agent signing for this year because of how long he was out last year. So it's like he's almost yep. another new face that totally gets lost in all this. I think and every Wolves fan is like, oh, yeah, we have Jake Lehman. And, like, dude, Jake he, Lehman's a good – like, he would play on every team in the league. Yeah, and like, he's, he's a good player. He's 26 years old, and he's the third oldest guy on this team. Like, that, that that's yeah. the type of stuff where, again, as, as optimistic as I am, it's a proven fact that over time, like, youth can't really sustainably win in the NBA. Yeah. You do need to go through your growing pains. So that would be the uh-huh. biggest reason why this team's not going to go 42-30. and 30. 
is because it's just hard to win when you're young. Um, but I'd rather have a, a, a an exciting young team than a bad old team. So I'm yeah. with you on Layman. I, I think Wancho, I like him too. But I think I think Jake Layman is going to surprise some people. He's on a super awesome contract, three million dollars. Yeah, he's a steal. Yeah. And I just think like the when he was playing with Towns was a year ago, but it was God forbid it could have been 13 years ago. Like it was so long ago that we forget how well those two kind of gelled. He's going to see significant minutes at the four, I think. Um, and like you said, he's so a too. great cutter. He finishes well around the rim. He's so athletic. Um, his toe issue seems to be behind him. And again, it's just like, look at the roster, man. Where, where, where do you carve out those minutes for Jake Lehman? I know you tried in your article, but it's tough because there's so many good wings. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of weird. It's like there's a lot of people that, like we talked about the power four and they didn't really sign a great one, but now I'm like, who gets those minutes? You can make an argument for Layman at the four, Hernan Gomez at the four, um, and then you can make an argument for like Hollis Jefferson if he makes the team throughout their whole season. Yep. Jared Vanderbilt. Like yep. there's just you can make cases for all these different people, which is just weird. And it's not like a great thing because like none of those guys stand out, but it's right. also like they're all different type of players too, and they can fill different roles. But yeah, I'm excited for Layman. Layman is a guy that a lot of people forget about, and I think that we should be more excited about what he brings to the team. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I kind of to probably close this out. Like I know I've just spewed 90 minutes of optimism. I think you and I we were talking before we recorded. Like we're both excited. I'm I'm not just excited because the Timberwolves haven't played since before the pandemic right. happened. Like, I'm really excited because of the actual roster and the guys they have. And I think they have really competitive dudes. I know Malik Beasley yeah. has some stuff going on, and that's probably for another day. But, like, that dude, before his issues and before his contract, he's, and ultra after, competitive. he's a dog. Like, he is yeah. up in the – man, he's the first one in the gym. He's getting on guys that aren't in the gym with him at 6 a.m., uh, yeah, he's not going to want to lose. Like I know we joke about this stuff, but he posts on Instagram. Like he's got a picture of the Larry O'Brien in his locker. He wants to win basketball games. Yep. He didn't just want to cash in. Rubio wants to take the team that drafted him and bring him to the playoffs. Carl wants yep. to get that stink off of him of being just an empty stats guy. So I think they're motivated. I think it's going to be sloppy early on because it's like any new. You know, dude, it's like if you went got a new job, you're going to be bad at it for a little bit, trying to figure yeah. out the person next to you. So that's what coaching is all about. But this is the most talent I can remember, and that's why I'm excited. And it's going to kick off Saturday, and then we'll have a couple weeks of, like, modified training camp and stuff, and then you'll become a f- official teacher, and then the Wolves will just the, – the race for 72-0 will kick off. Yeah. All right, I wanted to ask a couple quick questions from oh, people yeah. since I oh, tweeted keep something. Going. I'm going to ask one first from uh, Ethan Becker. He said, if you had to give a Kogi Edwards Culver away to bring in a third star to pair with Russell, uh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Cat, would you trade those three young wings for a star? <sighs> I'm, I'm and the it, wrong. And I'm it the... depends on your definition of star. Yeah, we're probably I talking – we're probably, I mean, the the one this week was James Harden. Uh, I think John Hollinger wrote about, or someone wrote about, like, different trade ideas. I would it be, was Hollinger. I, yeah, I don't want the James Harden stuff. Not because, I mean, yes, the Wolves would be really good. 
I just that would bring me another Jimmy Butler thing. And that, while the Wolves were good for that one year, that whole situation was so actually toxic. And someone who like studies management right. and loves management, like I felt really uncomfortable just like cheering for that team because it was so gross. I don't really want that. I don't want the dude that's partying during a COVID, uh, pandemic. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I would. I I know that stars. This is a star driven league. It's a talent driven league. Um, and I'm just maybe a perpetual loser. But I just want to watch Anthony Edwards play basketball. Like I I would not give him up unless it was for someone who's probably so not realistic. Yeah, I I'm kind of the same way. Um, if it was like like I would give up a Kogan Culver in yeah, those trades same. for stars yep. because. But until I see what Edwards is, because if he is almost Victor Oladipo, if he is Victor Oladipo, if he is almost Donovan Mitchell on a rookie deal, like, yeah. there's nothing better than that. Locked in for the next four seasons, like, that is very exciting. And probably um, nine seasons, because you just don't see those guys turn down that yeah, rookie extension. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's bad, yeah. The only way he's not here is if the Wolves don't offer him a rookie extension. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I mean, if you're telling me we could, obviously, if we could get whoever, like LeBron, KD, those type right. of players, of course, hundred times out of hundred, you do that. But if you're saying, like, for Devin Booker, I have to give up all those guys plus probably picks when I don't know what Edwards is yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. And that doesn't make that doesn't make us right. It probably makes us wrong. Yeah, right. But it's just how I it's just how I think. You know what I mean? Like, I just Devin Booker's probably right at that line. If it was Ben Simmons, you could maybe convince me to get rid of it because yep. I think he would fit so well alongside Cat yep. as like yep. a playmaking That's, four. I was gonna say I would do it for Simmons. I wouldn't do it for Booker. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for Beal. No, no, I'm with you. And again, those guys are all super good, and I'm probably wrong. It's just. I don't know. This is like a f- terrible comparison, but like as a Vikings fan, like I, I've always just wanted to see like a rookie quarterback that I can like watch yeah. grow and develop rather than mm-hmm. always. And we've never had right. We always had Teddy Bridgewater, right? And then he got hurt. And I was so like my heart was attached to Teddy, but like again too, they brought in Brett. Favre, not to turn this into a Vikings podcast, but they brought in Brett Favre and they're good. They brought in Kirk Cousins, they're good. But I just really at my age want to see the guy that comes in. The Anthony but wouldn't Edwards. a Patrick Mahomes feel yes, good? Yes, yes, yes. And I, you know? again, yeah. I don't and think that's... we're saying Edwards is Patrick Mahomes, but I want to, if it does happen, I want to be the guy that got to cheer for that guy. I want to see that development go through. Yeah. So, But at the same point, did the Wolves have that with Cat? Did we already experience that? Maybe. In but some I, ways, yeah, maybe. yes, and... but in other ways. like My thing is, like, wings win you basketball games yep they win you especially in the playoffs yep we need that wing we have a point guard we have a center yep we need our wing yep kevin durant um you know like the only the one you could argue is like like dirk Nowitzki on the mavs they didn't really have a star wing right or maybe like um what was the other like the warriors before kd yeah, and even even that Warriors team, but definitely the Dirk team, that was just yeah. different basketball. You know what I mean? That was apples yeah. and, and chicken breasts. Like, that was just a different situation. But, like, um, everything else is, like, Kobe, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis. Yeah. Or, like, like or a really good comp. You keep saying Victor Oladipo. That's a good one. But, like, there's been a lot of comps between Anthony Edwards and Dwayne Wade. Like, yeah. that's another one. Like, Dwayne Wade, you can positional basketball and stuff, but Dwayne Wade was a wing, a guard, whatever. Yeah. But, like... 
Yeah, it's just it's two way guys is what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's two way players, and the Wolves haven't had one since Jimmy, but that went so wrong. Two way guys that can go get you a bucket. Yeah, just like yep, go like wherever on the court they just get you a bucket, yep. and the Wolves don't have that. Andrew right. Wiggins was not that. Um, I don't really think like Beasley's never going to be that guy that's gonna like lead you to the promised land. Yep, and I don't know if Edwards will. He with the Timberwolves luck, he probably won't, but I'm going to stay optimistic that he will um, because we need someone like that. And as long as Gerson Rosas is running this team, the guys you just listed, Beasley, but also Culver, Okogie, Edwards, maybe not Edwards as much, but they're going to be available. <laughs> like, that's just how it is because yeah. they're going to star hunt because they are going to try to lift this thing out of the gutters of the West. And yeah. um, I'm with you. I'd get rid of a couple of those guys, even though I love Josh, but Anthony Edwards, man, I just have a weird, I got to see that guy play in blue and green for a while. Yeah. Um, last one. I'll just run this one by you quick. Um, Deal. Who's your favorite like young prospect out of like this? So Logan Alton tweeted me this list, but he said like Balmero, McDaniel's, Vanderbilt, Noel, Nas Reed. Um, like, how would you rank these guys in like terms of potential and everything? But just like, I don't know if we necessarily fully have to do that, but like, who are like your favorite guys of like those young guys? that might not get minutes so this is a terrible take and i'm gonna you're gonna build off it because you seem to love him way more than i do but mcdan or jade mcdaniels gets me so excited not because i actually am a realist in this sense i don't think he's gonna do much this season i don't you, think so either because you can't i don't do, think you'll play you yes like you can't really succeed if you don't play and i don't think he's gonna play and whatever happens with the g league that's where he's going um uh, but I, I actually did get to watch some of him play out in Washington because I watch a lot of Pac-12. And it's a weird comp, and it might be terrible, but I just see like a lot of Rashard Lewis in him. And I loved watching Rashard Lewis with the Magic when he was alongside Dwight Howard, who was another dominant center who couldn't shoot. But I yeah. just think a guy like that that's, what, like 6'10", I mean, a super long wingspan, yeah. super athletic, that is the, like, the perfect type of guy to put next to Carl. If he can develop, he just has a um, long way to go. To get yeah, there. yeah, he has a hundred miles. He's literally Washington to Minnesota gap yeah. into his development. But I think that guy can shoot. I see clips. I watch him at Washington. He can dribble. Like he has a good handle. Um, yeah. it's nothing against the other guys. I did watch a little Balmero two nights ago when he played. He, he looks fun. It's cool. Yeah, I've soured on Jalen Noel. Jalen yeah. Noel to me is a good guy, but I. I feel like there's Jalen Noels on every team, like yeah. in the G League, two guys that are just flamethrower. I mean, Jalen Noel to me is more Isaiah Cannon than he is like Malik Beasley. He's yeah. kind of a dime a dozen. Um, and then Nas Reed, I have a special place in my heart for him, but Nas Reed, if he's ever playing significant minutes on a team, it's probably not good. And that's not a mean yeah. thing. It's just you're undrafted for a reason. He's a great backup, but. The one, the guys that Logan listed, there's only one of them that have a chance to be a star, and that's McDaniel's. Yeah, but you go ahead and you look at that list, um, and McDaniel's would be my favorite too, and then it okay. would be Vanderbilt. Um, McDaniel's top five out of high school. Uh, Vanderbilt was ranked highly out of high school. Uh, Nas Reed was ranked really highly out of high school. And Jalen Noel, I don't know about out of high school, but he won Pac-12 Player of the Year, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, like, I see a theme with these guys. And these, by the way, are all guys that Rosas either drafted 
signed undrafted or traded for and i don't think vanderbilt was a throw-in to make things work they're too smart Um, if it was a throw-in they just wouldn't have traded kbd and they would have just Mm -hmm. you know kept vanderbilt in denver rosa sucks he seeked out all these guys yeah like there's a reason he's getting these high ceiling guys chances are with these four one of them's going to be, or five, one of them's going to be a solid rotational NBA player. And possibly even more. And the other four and the other four might suck and be out of the league. But yep. what did you use to acquire them? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like Jay, yeah. or Jerry Vanderbilt was, well, he was, in this sense. Jerry Vanderbilt was a throw-in. Yeah. Like he no, was a exactly. salary. Like you didn't pay anything to get him. You Joe, paid KBD. Right. Joe Dewell was a second-round guy. Now, granted, no, um, Balmero and McDaniels were a little, you know, I'll never love how they handled the back of the first round because I think they gave up some value. But what I you're agree. saying is, is the only way to win in Minnesota, man, a team that I've cheered for my whole life that doesn't sign for agents, and if they do, they have to pay 1.25 the price. You got to take swings. It's mm-hmm. the reason that people, I mean, I studied the draft more than ever this year because we got a lot of good guys that understand the draft. There's a reason that, that Gerson Rosas didn't draft at 23 or 25 or whatever, like a guy who's a, a single. Like in baseball terms, yeah. he does. The Wolves won't win with singles, man. They got to take yeah. swings and either strike out, strike out on Jalen Noel, strike out maybe on Bo Merrill. But if they can hit a triple with McDaniel's, or they can maybe hit a home run with that dude, and on that salary for four years, come on, like that's that's yeah. how you win. That's how Denver does it, man. They drafted Jokic forty first, right? Yeah. Like one pick ahead of Minnesota, I think. I think. After check yeah. that. I don't remember, but I, they drafted Bull Bull right yeah, I mean, that's after us or before us. I and what you said about him, like a single, like Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Like, yep. I think he's a really good player to play next to Cat. Yep. But as a prospect, he kind of is who he is, and I don't see his floor, or I don't see his ceiling, like too much higher where he's at. McDaniel's ceiling is way higher. And they traded back from that 17th pick, which you could have got Sadiq Bay at 17. And I don't really like how they handled the back of the draft either. I don't like the trading up for Balmero situation. I don't mind the, you know, I like the Rubio for Johnson with the picks. I actually really like that move. Yep. I don't like the the move to trade up two spots and give up your second round pick, which is highly valuable. Yeah. Because at pick 33, you control that player's signing and... There's no scale for that. You can sign them whatever contract you want, kind of like a Nas Reed deal where you have four years yep. and every year they're like non-guaranteed and you just kind of make a decision um, every single year. But I didn't like that. But I do like Vanderbilt at um, 28. And Balmero, apparently, from what I've heard, Balmero and McDaniels were both higher on the Wolves board yep. than where they got them. And maybe they had heard that whoever picked a 24 was taking Balmero. Yep. And maybe they had to pay the price. Um, maybe it's going to be worth it. I don't know. Part of it, I think, comes down to that he's going to spend a year or two overseas, and the Wolves just didn't have a roster spot for him this year. Yep. Um, and I think that played into it. So maybe it'll work out good. Um, but yeah, I would say McDaniels and Vanderbilt are my two favorite prospects. There. I love Nas Reed. Um and I think he could actually be a rotational player somewhere in like twelve minutes a night back yeah. up center role. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's just it's tough here when the team's flat out best player 
is going to chew up would, all those minutes. And you would like your backup center to play defense, too, when Carl Anthony Towns right. isn't a great defender. Um, so that's just kind of my two cents there. Um, but if you guys listening haven't figured out already, this podcast was legitimately just full of optimism, but also Kyle and I both acknowledging that like this team might not be good, but we're just choosing the optimistic side rather than the pessimistic side. And I hope a lot of you listening do that too, because you deserve to have fun watching basketball. Why? Like, don't inflict pain in yourself until it's absolutely necessary, because I am not willing to do that for myself. And and the thing I can assure you, even like the most pessimistic person, is that there every year half the league is bad, right? Like every yeah. year half the league is bad and makes dumb decisions. And God forbid whatever is like. Look at Detroit. Detroit has a new owner or a new man or new GM. They drafted a guy who I like, Killian Hayes. But every other yeah. move they've made has been atrocious. They have been. Yeah. Just fully. I do like the Sadiq Bay. I do like the Sadiq Bay draft pick a little bit, but in, in the same terms, like I said, he doesn't have a high ceiling. They're in a rebuild. They probably should have drafted McDaniels to get a guy with a high ceiling. Right. They didn't do that. And and most of my hate is on like the Plumley money and the I thought the Grant's twenty a little million overrated. for Grant. So they got all they, they got Griffin and Derrick Rose and all this money tied into these guys who those guys aren't going to help you. Those guys are going to help you win long term, right? So the Pistons are going to be bad with very low future. This Timberwolves team might be yeah. bad, and I might be laughed out of the building, but at least they're building something that's tangible, man. They might flip the guys that I love. They might flip Anthony Edwards and Josh Kogan Culver, but then it'll be like for Booker, man. And yeah, if this they're team not going to trade him for right. Like, if, they, if this team has Daniel Russell, scraps. Booker, and Towns, or like whatever, whatever happens, or they just have Anthony Edwards, Russell, and Towns. This team, this again, I've said it for two hours. This is the most exciting team I can remember since I was like a fifth grader. They're going to be really fun to watch. And it's going to be cool because we want them to be good because they've sucked forever. But if you just take the Timberwolves off the off the jersey, they're probably the youngest team in the league or the second youngest oh, yeah. team in the league. Like I think we were them... second. Okay. Uh, I saw a list. I Did think you... we were second or third. Like, outside of Ed Davis and Ricky Rubio, no one on the team is in their 30s. Like this Nobody's team, over 26 years old. Yeah, this team is super young, so like, give them a chance. And if they suck so bad, they're going to have to make changes, man. So if you're not a Ryan Saunders guy, he'll have to be gone if they win yeah. 20 games. And if Carl doesn't look like the answer, Gers will trade him. Gerson, Gerson's in Minnesota to win, win a championship. It, he's showing you he doesn't necessarily care who's on that team. I think Towns will be on it, but he just wants to win, man. I just want to win. I also just want to have fun. I like cheering for yeah. guys. Ricky Rubio's fun. Anthony Edwards is hilarious. Like, Josh Okogie is one of the best dudes in the league. So, I'm with you, Brandon. Like, yeah. let's just have fun. Like, let's just have fun. It's been nine months. We've put up with a lot this year. Uh, so, let's go. Saturday night, baby. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I am. I'm so beyond excited just to watch <laughs> basketball again. And we've been talking about it for an hour and a half. But it's going to be fun. And I hope they're not bad. There's a chance they are. There's a chance. There's a chance we're really good, um, but it's gonna be exciting. We get to watch Cat play. We've barely seen Cat play. Last year, he. I mean, he put up the best stats of his career last year. I don't think he's played in twenty or once, like once or twice in twenty twenty. Like I, you know he, what I mean? He played only a handful of games. I think was yeah. it just the two games? I after? think it was just two games. So he's like, a, it's again, it's like the expansion team thing, man. It's like a bunch of guys that we've never seen play together. 
and if you are basketball purist like me, I want to see them grow. Like I want to see game two and then game 12 when Anthony Edwards knows to switch and he doesn't have to get yelled at and he just knows and he makes a play for Carl and he drops off a bounce pass for a dunk. Like, dude, that's yeah. going to be awesome. They're going to be really fun. And I, I hope you give Canis Hoopus or Wolf Among Wolves a little leeway to be excited. Um, and if they suck, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll be with you. Yeah. But I'm going to be writing. I'm going to be podcasting after um, games are played and everything. I'm excited to just see like rotations too, just kind of as like a, a basketball geek. Like, yeah, for sure. Who's playing next to who and how does it work? But yeah, anyways, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I had tonight. Yep. Just a lot of optimism. You have anything you want to talk about? No, I, I appreciate it. Like I said, you, uh, if you don't, everyone who's listening to this is probably subscribing, but you have a great podcast. Uh, a Wolf Among Wolves has, uh, you talk about depth. A Wolf Among Wolves is like the Timberwolves <laughs> of, of writers. Like you guys have so many, like, I don't know who's going to be able to write tomorrow and the next day. So you guys are killing it. Uh, we're trying to do our own thing at Canis Hoopus. Um, but I, I want to, I'm sure you'll have me back. It's been really fun uh yeah and and one quick thing too just about like we talked about like um just wolves like writers and stuff before we recorded but when logan alton put out a list of like everybody to follow on like the wolves team i mean it was just like 300 people long dude six tweets i think (laughs) yeah and so there's a there's a twitter account um he's actually gonna come on before the timberwolves play the mavericks in the preseason but it's um at mavs draft Oh, and yeah. he just like he just tweeted like man wolf's twitter is elite and it's yeah. like it's legitimately true like it's awesome and like we're really thankful to like interact with so many different people i know i can speak for myself and you and just everybody we just love interacting yep but like the teams at like canis hoopus and a wolf among wolves are just great people and great writers so if you guys i mean if you like the timberwolves i'm sure you do if you're listening to this podcast or you maybe you hate them if you're a pessimist but um Read Canis Hoopus, read Jack, read Jake, read Mike, read everybody over there. Read Kyle when Kyle writes something really funny. Um, yeah, and then just read everybody at A Wolf Among Wolves too. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, I'm gonna. I'm scared to name people because I'm just gonna forget people. So just read Canis Hoopus and A Wolf Among Wolves, and listen to every podcast they put out because you're gonna be happier as a Wolves fan for doing so, and you're gonna be smarter too. The Timberwolves, the Timberwolves have perennially been a 12 or 13 seed in the West, but Wolves Twitter over these last handful of years is a one seed. Like one we're, seed. we're, it's, and it's not me, man. It's everyone else doing all the work. Like it's fantastic. Um, and that's why I'm optimistic is because if this team ever put together 42 and 30, 50 and 32 in, next year, can you imagine how much more fun it's going to be for all these writers to talk about really cool, good basketball and not and we might actually make it on national tv right yeah maybe Count, how do you fingers. have a team how do you have a team with anthony edwards number one pick carlene towns d'angelo russell with one game on tnt abc and espn combined don't don't get me started man the pelican love the pelicans love is between zion and everything else and lonzo ball uh i, I don't know that's that's for another day but i my and bet again, is the Wolves are better than the Pelicans this you, year. Yeah, you got you got to earn it. I know, but like I said, uh, they'll be looking foolish. And, you know, maybe maybe they'll be right. Maybe the Timberwolves will suck, but they'll be looking foolish if they start having to, you know, promote the kind of push a, an FSN game yeah. to an ABC game or an ESPN game. Um, I, I could see them getting some TNT games in that second half of the the schedule. But I'm not 
gonna I'm gonna be completely honest here. When the Wolves play on ABC, ESPN, whatever, if Fox Sports North is there, I'm li- I'm watching Jim Pete yeah, yeah. and Dave Benz 100 yep. percent of the time. Yep, I same like, same with me. That's but with how it works, league pass and stuff. Those are the guys I want, and I miss those guys are, too, man. They're excited to yeah, come back. They're like a top. They're like a top three, like duo. And then Marnie Gellner's great too. Fantastic. Yep. Those three are just so amazing broadcasting games. Yep. I would never want to watch. Like the only thing is like I get kind of excited watching like Mike Breen yell bang. Yep. And stuff like that, but like I can get my fix of that when the the Lakers and Warriors are playing. I want to watch Jim and Dave and Marnie call Wolves games. Because, and I'm excited to Because they them. also understand the team. You know what I mean? Like that sometimes this whole national TV thing, as long as I can watch the game, I don't really care because the national TV yeah. guys don't really get it. They'll just give you the same yeah. narrative on Carl being bad at defense and the Timberwolves yeah. sucking, and they'll bring up Jimmy Butler. It's like, dude, that was years ago. Like, can we move on? Yep. So I'm with you. I'm not as worried about the national TV thing because we are blessed to have the people covering not only the writers like you talked about, but the team that does the play-by-play and analyst. Uh, we're in good spirits right now. So the only thing this whole stew is missing is wins. So if we can just pencil some wins in there yeah. and have a trajectory that we can see going up, uh, it's going to be awesome. I just, my only thing with the national TV games is I wish other people across the country could actually watch Carl Anthony Towns before they tell me how bad of a yep. player he is. I'm with you. Like actually watch him play, watch him play a full game and tell me that he's not a top three center in this league. Right. Like, I want other people to recognize the talent the team has. I'm not going to be watching ESPN to watch the Wolves, but like, let somebody else do it. I wish they could watch it and like actually listen to the FSN crew, but they can't. Um, but just that's I don't care. I just want other people to. Yeah, you got you know what though they got the opportunity. It. They got to earn it. That's, they do. That, that's they do. A, that's the side, the, the tangent or the pushback on the optimism. The Wolves got to win some games, and, and we we're can... not the only team that got that got squandered from it. Right. Grizzlies barely have any. Hawks barely have any. Like Trey Young, John Moran are two of the most exciting players in the league. So I think the they Pelicans. I think the Pelicans have more national TV games than the Heat. Like that yeah. tells you right there what what the you know the focus is. They're just but... pushing Zion, which I get it. He's the money maker. I get it, but he wouldn't have to be the money maker if they pushed other yeah. young players. But that's a whole that's a whole another conversation. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like I said, that is pretty much all I had. Um, I think Kyle's kind of talked out. We talked for like forty minutes. Well, I was, I was we say, we've been doing this. Brennan and I've been on google meet for like three and a half hours it's been fantastic so to be fair this is the first time we've ever had a face-to-face conversation yeah, so no, we had to take advantage we had to connect of it. so no this was good but, uh I, again support your pod You're, you've been doing a really good job i'm excited to hear once the season picks up and you have a little more time uh it's gonna be great keep doing your thing and let's 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 meet up again and let's not go so long without talking yeah for sure man well thank you so much for uh, coming on i really do appreciate it. if you guys could like subscribe to the podcast on your favorite services please do that it does help us out a ton i'll be back um next week sometime to talk uh mavs mm. wolves with mavs draft i don't even know his real name. <laughs> you should <laughs> that's his handle but um i'll be back to talk with him about the uh timberwolves mavs preseason game and then we are what are we 14 days away two weeks away from opening night for the wolves so 
it should be exciting. But anyways, thank you guys so much for watch or for listening. Um, and I will catch you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.